everybody! Welcome to Take the Black Live, a show where myself, Dan Snucky, editor of WindowsComing.net, and Josh Hill, editor of uh, edit- editorial director of fansider.com editorial over God. Talk about all things Game of Thrones, fancy sci-fi, but let's be honest, today it's gonna be all about Game of Thrones because some big stuff is happening. Yes. This past week, some huge news dropped. Mm-hmm. And we got the Emmys coming up. It's gonna be a good show. Josh, how are you feeling? It's always a good show. So I'm feeling I very mean, good. I mean, you know, three to four times. Yeah, we'll see. I got demoted though since last time. I was editor in chief according to you last time. Now I'm just an editor overlord. I had a plan. I'm not moving in the right direction. To here. give you a new title every single show That'd to see good. if I could do that. It's a good running. Like bit. editorial over God. I mean, I'm know, here every um, week for Song of Dan and Josh. So. I know. I, I could totally do it. I, I think of something. Like, um, you know, editorial Ubermensch, um, editor master. You get the idea. I do. Julie says, yay, we're here. Woohoo, we are yes. here. And we also okay. have Diane. She says, hello from Scotland. Hey, Diane from Scotland. Hello. Okay. Ooh, I was going to say, should we do Scottish accents? But that might be offensive. And then you just I'm went sure right offensive, into it. offensive, but I, I enjoy it so much. It's true. Scottish accents are pretty awesome. All accents are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. South Africa, I can't do that. Anyway, okay, let's talk about this. Let's go. Okay, the big news, right obviously, this week is HBO is making a, or, okay, I'm sorry. They are close to a pilot order for mm-hmm. a second Game of Thrones prequel series. Yes. I mean, that is exciting. You know, It is exciting. HBO has been very, I think, very uh, kind of cautious with this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I-, I said before, like, if Game of Thrones was on AMC, we would have had, like, two to three prequels on the air already mm-hmm. by this point. Yeah. But HBO waited toward the end and only ordered one, <laughs> which, I mean, like, it, and, good and, move. and that might not even go. I mean, w- yeah. w- I mean, I-, I know the executive said, like, you know, maybe we'll only have one go. Maybe we'll have more than one. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Playing hard to get. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how much I believe that. <laughs> but um, I think they've been cautious enough that this doesn't feel yet like they're just doing it for doing it yeah. sake, for, for bloat's sake. Mm-hmm. And the show, no title yet, although George R. R. Martin, who, this guy cracks me up, he went on his little blog, his not a blog, and just like wrote mm-hmm. 800 words just like teasing little and like being really kind of like blatant about mm-hmm. it. Like I can tell you, but I'd have to kill you. It's, it's not the obvious title, like doing really kind of like kind of jerky things, honestly funny. <laughs> but um, I imagine HBO executives have to like just bang their heads against the wall all the time with him. Cause he's always like leaking out this stuff. Well, I mean, anyway, it's his thing. So it is his thing and he is involved. The show is based on his uh, fake history book, fire and blood of part one of which is out right now, a fake history of the Targaryen dynasty, starting with Aegon's invasion of Westeros 300 years before the show starts and ending at the end of the Dance of the Dragons, the Targaryen Civil War. Mm It happened like 150 years before the show starts. And that's part volume one. It's volume two coming on the way. Basically, there's 300 years Targaryen history before the show starts, before Daenerys is, you know, over there doing her thing. Yeah. And the new show will be about something in there. So I guess the first question, okay, well, let's go ahead with ourselves. What do you think of this, Josh? What's your reaction to this development? To the new, to getting a potential second yeah. Game of Thrones sequel series? A potential Game series. of Thrones prequel, this time something to do with the Targaryen family. I mean, I, we'll, we'll see if it actually happens. Like, a lot of these things get brought up, and I don't Close necessarily know Close to getting a pilot order. Yeah, we don't even actually have a pilot mm-hmm. order at this point. It's a good idea, and the idea of having more Game of Thrones makes a lot of sense, because, like, look, this show wasn't gonna go anywhere. It's such a cash cow, HBO wasn't gonna kill it. 
No, I so, mean, they already, I'm, again, they've shot a pilot yeah. for the first prequel. It's, oh, yeah, like, that, that was filmed it. Is that one Blood Moon? What is that one that called? That is Blood Moon. Blood that's Moon. the one that's set, like, yeah. that one's set thousands of years before. Yeah. Like, way back. There are no Targaryens, no dragons, no Lannisters, really. It's just no. primordial caveman Westeros. This one's way more recent. This is, mm-hmm. you know, the Lannisters are around, the Starks are around, Castle Rock's around, Winterfell's around, the Wall is around. Yeah. And the dragons are coming over and, you know, effing things up. That should be the tagline. Dragons are here to F things up. It's HBO. They could probably say the actual word. But I'll... They could. There was, for years and years and years and years and years and years, just the singular Star Wars saga. And then Disney got the rights... And even George Lucas wanted to do this before Disney got the rights. And now we have Rogue One, which doesn't fit inside of this nine-episode series. We have Solo. We have the Mandalorian TV series. And then we had, like, even before Disney got it, we had the Knights of the Old Republic game. So, like, when you have something like Game of Thrones, which is very Star Wars in its franchiseness. Very much so, It's always going to exist in some way, shape, or form. We've done the books. We had the show. Now we're going to get the prequels. It feels like those are also like the growing steps that you have to go through because like Star Wars had their prequels. It does. And, and they and went through their book phase and then they had the movie phase. So this is all leading to, I mean, we could have, I'm standing firm in my belief that we are one day going to get a Game of Thrones sequel movie. We are going to finish the story oh, and we're going to get another movie because you do not have a series that lasted as long as Game of Thrones lasted and made as much money as it last as it made and got all of the awards and all of the hype. You don't then not look at that and say, guess yeah. what? If Avengers is making multiple billion dollars at the box office, Game of Thrones is a drop in the hat for a billion dollars at the box office. That's cake. You're going to make that easy. It will be around for a while. Yeah. I have no doubt of that. I mean, again, I'm not sure, like, you know, will we see Game of Thrones theme park? It's possible. They got a Harry Potter world. They got a Star Wars Star world, Wars stuff like world. that. Yeah, all that. You know, I'm That'd sure cool. I'll explain more books. I mean, I mean you, can, you can do it, but I mean... It, I think they thought of that. But right now, but right now it's more TV. And I, I'm happy Rightfully with more so. TV. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, we're still in the golden age of TV. So. We are still in the golden. Although, you know, it's a question of like, are we nearing the end of it? Like, are things like Game of Thrones going to be the downfall of it? Because like, ha- where do you go from there? <laughs> Will it collapse back to like smaller stuff? We'll see. You mean in like, as far as like the scope and scale of the show, like these multi-million dollar episodes or just like... I mean, we're getting way off track here, but I mean, my personal theory is that, you know, right now we're seeing all these like giant, expensive, expansive Mm, shows like C on Apple TV Plus. Or The Witcher. Or The Witcher. Or the... The Lord of the Rings show. The Lord of the Rings show with time. This, I mean... Um, This, like my theory is that, you know, everyone wants to do that because they want another Game of Thrones, but... Like, not all of those are going to succeed, dude. There are going to be some that flop. Oh, and yeah. uh, and then people are going to say, what are we doing spending all this money <laughs> on this giant elaborate failure? And we'll, we'll go back to, like, smaller, maybe even, like, multi-camera things. Go back to the 90s mm. with Friends and Seinfeld and stuff. Anyway, that, that, that's the future. Itself. Game of Thrones is kind of the legacy thing that I think can. I mean, I, I, I just hope that a couple of these shows catch on. Okay, so the first question that we have to answer is, what exactly is this show going to cover? Because, again, it's based on Fire and Blood, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty book. That's a big book. That like, That's not like a story. That no. is a book that it's like it's a it's a fake history book. He wrote a fake history book, for the love of God, I mean, just about like different events. He should maybe write Winds of Winter, but I'm just saying. He'd be nice. Um, maybe don't work on volume two until we finished the last book of Game That of is Thrones, his plan. So. He's not going to run on two. Well, I mean, we'll although if this gets picked up the pilot, who knows? <laughs> He's going to run with that one. Um, <laughs> 
Um, anyway, so I, I guess the two options are, mm-hmm. would you prefer it be like an anthology series? Maybe like every season could do a different era. Like the first season could be Aegon's Invasion. The second season could be Mago or the Cruel. These things don't mean anything to you, but I assure you they exist. The third season could be, you know, Dance of the Dragon and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Or what I think the other big theory is, I, I think I like this one a little better. The show will focus entirely on one big event, like the Dance of the Dragon, which is this badass, like mm-hmm. very, very detailed Targaryen civil war that happened like 150 years back then. We're talking like Targaryens on dragons versus Targaryens dragons, like aerial dogfights over, like it's all there. It's all in the text. It's, it's all done. We're talking like betrayals and marriages I'm into and it, sex yeah. and violence and like all kinds of gritty stuff. And it would be enough to fill out and like really rich characters. It, yeah. it, it would be good to fill out like a show. So which 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 are you into? Which are you into, dear viewers? You think an anthology show or just drill down on the st- dragon versus dragon aerial dogfight Targaryen civil war and let's have that be the show? Um, well, could that be one of the anthologies? It could be, yeah. Like that could be like seasons four and five. Yeah, because I'm super into the anthology idea, just because. Mm-hmm. As somebody who's not as knowledgeable about Game of Thrones mm-hmm. outside of the books and, I mean, the main books and the series, like you are a savant with the history and everything. And a lot savant, of people are. Sure. So, and I know, I know very little about that. So it would be very well, fascinating to dive into that and have like, okay. the, and it also, it sets it up in an interesting way where you can continue the series. You don't necessarily have to say, and on season two of Game of Thrones, you just completely <laughs> reset the deck and go, okay, boom. So I'm really into the anthology idea. You really sold it hard with the dragons and... It's a good story. The violence like, and the sex and all the other stuff. But that, that could be as part of... That could be part of the anthology. Because that be. was nothing if not Game of Thrones' entire thing. Like sex and dragons. It, it was. Um, I think I would go with the Dance of the Dragon Civil War thing. I, I think that's the best story in that book. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's enough there for a series. I'm curious here... What you guys would think? Anybody have any opinions on that? Would you do a mini series or would you do an actual series, like a, a I mean, limited look, series? They're doing a series, so um, okay. I guess I would have to do a series. But it's like an actual series; like they'll do multiple seasons. It's not just because yeah, the Civil I mean, War thing would be cool as a mini series, like a limited it's a series. Pilot order. So yeah. I, I imagine that yeah. it's a that's like a whole show, right? Well, yeah, this would be the whole show. But like, you, I, I do like the Civil War idea, and I feel like that would work as like a Chernobyl type of thing. But then again, I mean, I mean, no, where you capture uh, again, like, everything. It's big. Like, mm-hmm. it's a big story. It could fill like three seasons of TV easy. But maybe you're right, though. Maybe there should be an anthology angle. But then we have to wait to get to the aerial dogfights. Julie says she's lost all the comments. We've not lost all the comments, Julie. We have Diane is saying hello from Waukegan. She's, right. she's in Waukegan, right in our own backyard here. Uh, Diane said that we can try our Scottish accents all we want. All right. But they will be funny to her Obviously. and just embarrassing to us because we won't do them well. Fire and blood. That's not it. Whatever. <laughs> that's, um, it's close. I'm, I'll get there. In any case, so that's one question I have about it. And I'm curious here what you guys think. Like Julie it, says, bring on the dragons. And dragons is in all caps. So, yeah, any dragons whatsoever. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay, so that's one thing, whether you want an anthology or just, like, focus on one thing. Or, I mean, Aegon's Invasion is also a great story. That's mm-hmm. when Daniel's ancestors first come to Westeros, and they just wreck everybody and yeah. take over the place and build the Iron Throne and build King's Landing. It's a whole thing. That mm-hmm. could be a show in itself or an anthology. I don't know. I guess it's going out of the way. The other question is uh, this. Do you think the show should, this new show, if it happens, mm-hmm. so this is close enough in time that there will be overlap, like... The Iron Throne will be around. King's Landing will be around. 
should they try to like make it consistent with the original show or is this a thing we can just kind of like do your own thing like like my example is here so the iron throne so the one we all went from the show the one on the left it's nice right okay on the right that is george R. R. martin says that's how it looks in his books how he imagines it to look um for example this do you think they should just they should keep to this throne we know because that's consistent or is this like a whole new thing that is like you know we'll just make a cool new throne Make it different. Make this show, make, claim this show for our own. Mm-hmm. Don't tie it explicitly to the base show, even though it is in the same universe, technically. Um, well, I mean, they changed the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars two times. So, I mean, yeah, but like, you know, it's, it's, they, like, it's changed. not drastically. I didn't notice. I would notice that. I would notice that too. I kind of like the idea of putting your own, and this is also maybe why I like the anthology yeah. idea. I like the idea of putting your own stamp, having different creative people put their own creative stamps on the Game of Thrones, this thing that we are familiar with. I do too. Kind of like the Animatrix, where where it's yeah, like you have okay, the, sure these don't. different stories which are all set in this similar universe that we know, but they're told by different artists and they're different interpretations of a story that is familiar to us, but it all looks mm-hmm. different. Yes, so of Keanu Reeves' face. It's true, which is, you know, there, are, there are worse things. Yeah. So Also, we are getting comments in YouTube this week, which oh, yeah. is brand new. Oh, right. And Jacqueline... Kay says, hi from Maryland. That is our first YouTube comment I think we've ever acknowledged on this show. All right. And so our first Jacqueline, Maryland comment. Jacqueline from Maryland. Congratulations. And then Leaf Underhill says, hi from Vermont. The East Coast crowd <laughs> is in with us. Uh, Does anybody have opinions on the Fire and Blood show? Although, yeah, I am thrilled that Vermont and uh, Maryland are watching us. Great states. Uh, really just Julie. She's jacked up about the dragons. Jacked <laughs> up. If anybody has any, uh, like, you know, opinions about like, because honestly, I would like to hear, like, mm-hmm. what do you guys want from this show? Julie likes I'm the interested. idea of doing your own thing. Okay, good. All good. new. All new. All brand new. I like that. Me too. Yeah, brand new. I got some pushback from that. People from, from like, uh, I asked on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Twitter, of course, being, the, you know, the arbiter of, you know, all things civil. <laughs> and uh, people, they were like, keep it consistent. You got to, you got to keep it, you got to no. keep it close. It would be ridiculous if we didn't. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. I think it'd be kind of fun if they went off in their own direction. And, you know. You know, had a different looking Iron Throne or just filmed making something look like another interpretation of what King's Landing looks like, that kind of thing. Anyway, clearly I'm excited about this. Yeah. I'm excited to see where it could go. I think it could be very interesting, very big. Honestly, I thought they would do something like this for the first prequel they mm-hmm. did. Like, I was kind of surprised when they decided, yeah. really, we're going thousands of years back before the wall was built when no one knows anything. It's all, there's no connection whatsoever. Um... Yeah, I, I thought they would go with like a, something a little more familiar. Mm-hmm. Like this is basically, to use your language, the Star Wars prequel trilogy of the Game of Thrones world. Only, okay, that's a dangerous yeah. analogy to make. That I know <laughs> it is, but just it, it, in terms of the mythology. Okay, yeah, that, I, I got you. That's what this would be. Hopefully, and I know that prequel trilogy, I don't know how you feel about it, you know, got a lot of blowback back then, still now, blah, blah, blah. blah. Hopefully they would, you know, make it in a way people liked it more. Mm-hmm. But um, that's basically where we are. Whereas the first prequel they're doing is more like Knights of the Old Republic stuff. Like, so far back, no one cares. Or, mm-hmm. like, they're totally divorced. <sighs> okay. Louise Annie. Piper says, any hint as to who is leading the prequel director-writer-wise? Uh, yes. uh, well, Martin, George R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. is uh, involved. And then Ryan Condal, who has done a bunch of shows. I don't know the names off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, he... Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Ryan Condal. The name sounds familiar. It does. He's like one of those... Uh, Colony was a show. Oh, okay. Colony. 
I never I'm, watched it, but I heard of it. Yes, exactly. Which I guess isn't really the most glowing endorsement. Oh, did he do that like Hercules one where The Rock was like a down to earth Hercules? Yes, he did. The Rock was in a Hercules. Oh, the movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. The movie, yeah. Gotcha. So Ryan Connell, Connell is supposed to be pretty good. Oh, he did that. He did Rampage with also The Rock. He likes The Rock. The Rock could play like Baldo Targaryen. Oh my God. The Rock in Game of Thrones. That is a fusion of so many interests. That is, we need this to happen. Please. Okay. So Ryan Connell's for HBO the executives who we know are watching this show, please make it happen. Please put The Rock I with his even, best friend, Ryan Condal. I didn't even consider that The Rock could be in this show, but if Ryan Condal's making it, The Rock will, def- will definitely be in this show. Okay. I'm pretty psyched. Uh, me too. I'm All even right. more psyched. I'm like siphoning off your enthusiasm. I'm like, here we go. So there is a lot more to talk about, though. We do have to move on. Because really, this is quite a pack week. Okay. The other big thing, topic this week, unless someone else comments, um, are the Emmys. Yes. They're happening. They are. They're happening. The, well, the creative arts Emmys already happened. Yep. And uh, Game of Thrones won 10, kind of 10 freaking Emmys at that one. What's the total at now? 57. <sighs> That's Most awarded in drama. The only ones ahead of it is Saturday Night Live with 65. That doesn't count. That's been on for 8,000 years. It, if it wins every Emmy Game of Thrones at the primetime this Sunday, it mm-hmm. will be one shy of Saturday Night Live. That won't happen. We no. can get into that one because I, I have strong thoughts about this. Okay, let's just do it. Of well, which you probably all, won't be pleased with. First of all, we're really fast. I can write us people who won at the Creative Arts Emmys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they won for... Music composition and sound editing, sound mixing, outstanding casting. I mean, it's so sad. Like, those things are all really important, mm-hmm. but I just want to talk about the actors. That's true. It's just the way it happens. I can't blame you. But congrats. And sorry for Carice Van Houten didn't win as Melisandre for Best Guest Actress, mm-hmm. but you know what happens. Thoughts and prayers. Okay. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> this Sunday, the primetime Emmys are going on Fox, 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. Yes. All right. Let's go through some of the categories people are up for, or you can tell me what you think about Let's. All right. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series. We got Kit Harrington. Mm-hmm. We got Bob Odenkirk as Jim McGill in Better Call Saul. Jason Bateman in Ozark. Billy Porter in Pose. And mm-hmm. two folk from This Is Us. Sterling K. Brown and Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, this is us. I forgot that was a thing still. I'm predicting Sterling K. Brown. You're picking Sterling K. Brown to win this award? He won before. Category? And uh, my thought is the Emmys like inertia. That's true. I also, okay, so I'll just get into this now because I took notes for this. This one I think is like pretty simple. I, I don't think Kit Harrington will win. I like him. I like Kit Harrington. I just, I'm not sure he stood out quite enough to win best actor. No. And I, because th- I need to address the idea that it seems there's growing sentiment with people. I don't know if they're not paying attention or if this is just kind of like groupthink. Uh-huh. But the idea that a show as important as Game of Thrones' final season yeah. is going to like sweep the Emmys. It's going to be like the thank you, like the, you know how they give I like. Mean, couldn't it? It, no, it couldn't. And no. I'll tell you why. Okay, because Mad why. Men won how many Emmys for its final season? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. I, I don't know. It won one for John Hamm. It didn't even win Best Drama. Game of Thrones won that year for Best Drama. The Sopranos final season, which we could argue with The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones are the three most important drama shows of the last 20 years. As far sure. as influence, as far as pop Let's culture, importance. Sopranos final season. Uh, James Gandolfini, he lost to James Spader for best actor in a drama. In The Blacklist? No, for Boston Legal. Boston Legal? Really? Yes. Edie Falco lost to Sally Field for Brothers and Sisters. That was fun. So you didn't win best actor and best actress for that. They won best drama, 
Alan Taylor won Best Director that year for The Sopranos, Game of Thrones oh, guy. Yeah. But they only won three Emmys in their final season. Breaking Bad won five. The West Wing won one. That is fun. Friends won one for Christina Applegate's guest appearance in one of the episodes. None of the main people won. And, the, you know, The Wire famously was never yeah. honored by the Emmys. And The Office, his last, like, three seasons was not nominated for Emmy, anything. I think Game of Thrones is a little different. I really do. I'm sorry. Like, I think it did More so more than Breaking Bad for... and Sopranos? Because those are the for two For the most... industry, yes. I think Game of Thrones made a lot more money for Hollywood than any of those did. Okay. I think that matters. And also, okay, how, how do you get around things like there being, like, in like, for example, the Best Supporting Actress category? Four out of the six freaking nominees being mm -hmm. Game of Thrones actresses. I think that that one's going to be one where we see a Game of Thrones. Because it's the, the stack. Like, is that absurd? It's, the deck is stacked. It is absurd. Gwendolyn like, Christie. That did not happen at the last season of Mad Men or the last season. It did, of but those are Sopranos. also these are. This is also an ensemble cast in a way that like Mad or Mad Men wasn't. It really was just yeah. John Hamm. Elizabeth Moss lost to uh, Viola Davis that year, which is fair enough. Sure, but um, it also lost Mad Men lost in writing and directing because I also think that Game of Thrones is an important. I mean, the directing is it speaks for itself. It's a, it's right. a well directed show. The it technical is. aspect of that it's also well written. Mad Men, which is also one of the most well-written shows in the last 25 years, lost to Game of Thrones. It lost writing it and directing in Game season, of Thrones. That, that was the fifth season thing, yeah. Do you know the episode? Of Game of Thrones? Yeah. That beat Mother's Mad Men's? Mother's Mercy, I think. <gasps> wow, you got it. Yeah, it's Mother's Mercy. You look it up. Great. I did. I was here. <laughs> I knew, but I'm just pumping up your, your expertise. Gotcha. But That's one of Cersei's walk. That's true. But Game of Thrones, I think, is comparable to The Sopranos and Breaking Bad as far as the importance of to the industry. Because mm -hmm. I think that those shows are they're torchbearers for the golden age of television. Yes. You think Sopranos, and you think Breaking Bad, you think so Tony Soprano, you think Walter White, and you think Game of Thrones, Jon Snow, Dragons, Daenerys. Tyrion, yeah, all of them. So it has all of that same clout that those two shows had, but it doesn't yes. necessarily mean that it's gonna clean up at the Emmys. It doesn't, it also had, I'm sorry, it, ju it just had a bigger audience base and it had a lot That's more true. money. That's it made true. so much money. Dude. I think it's a lock for drama. Oh, totally. For sure. I think Amelia Clark might be able to pull out a win for Best Actress. Of those two, you're putting your money on Amelia Clark? I don't think Inherent will win. I don't think so I don't either. think so. I think Amelia Clark could. I think she will. Because I, I think, think not only is this gonna be for all of the seasons, because she was kind of the star of the show. Yeah. I Even mean, though Jon Snow... And she, like, carried this last season a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, John, she, she, she was generally very good. Jon Snow and Kit Harington are, like, synonymous with the show. But Daenerys yes. and, and um, Amelia Clark are probably more important. And also, and I don't want this to sound bad for Kit Harington, but I feel like she has a better film career ahead of her than Kit Harington does. And this is going to be kind of a launch into that. Yeah, she's I in mean, a new movie with the guy who directed uh, Bridesmaids. Yeah, it's like a British Christmas comedy. Last Christmas, yeah. inspired by the songs of George Michael. This is a perfect intersection of my interests. She's very, very fun. I, I, I like her. I'm sure. I, I think she could win. I think so too. What about outstanding supporting actor? So we, again, we have three Game of Thrones guys in it. We got Nikolai Costa Wilde, Jamie. We got Peter Dinklage, Tyrion, who's won three times. It's um, again inertia. And we got Peter Alfie Dinklage. Allen as Theon. It's Peter Dinklage. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, 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 I kind of would hope that 
Kafka Wildout could win because I've loved his performance. I love Jamie throughout the whole thing. I think she yeah. deserves it. But I mean, yeah, just the, the Emmys go by inertia, and I think Peter Dinklage will probably take it just because that's what they do. And I mean, there are other folk in there, but when there's when like there's three people from your show, I, I don't know how you beat that. Unless, do you think that they could split the vote? Is that possible? What, and somebody else wins yeah. because the vote like, is split. Say in the best supporting actress category, where there was Lena Headey, mm-hmm. Gwendolyn Christie, Sophie Turner, and Maisie Williams. Yeah. And then two other people, uh, Fiona Shaw from Killing Eve and Julia Garner from Ozark. Like, is it possible that they could just split the Game of Thrones vote and go to someone else? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that we're going to see anybody other than a Game of Thrones actress win that category. I really hope we do. I mean, I don't, I don't because... It'd be a first win for any of them, A. I think Maisie Williams, Sophie Turner, Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Lena Haiti, like, that is... Well, if we're talking... Amelia Clark is important to the overall show. Mm-hmm. Those characters and those actresses put in a lot, and that deserves to be honored in some way. And oh, the in part, some way, they're as iconic as the, absolutely like as Amelia Clark. I mean, specifically Maisie Williams. Aria, yeah, Maisie Williams. Completely. I think like, she that's who I want to win. She wanted to. That's my pick, Maisie Williams. I didn't even highlight anything when I was trying to make my picks because I was like, I can't. Maisie, I mean, it's a real Sophie. This one choice. really tears me up because I mean, I'd love to miss Williams win. That'd be great. I'd accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, like in my heart, I want Lena Headey to win. I think so, but she's at the bottom of my power rankings of people that could possibly win this. Like one. she's been nominated before. She has. So has Maisie Williams once, um, and they didn't win. But I feel, I guess, I, I think she had the stronger acting over the entire arc of the show. Mm-hmm. And if we are in legacy award mode here, I think she should be the one who gets it because she's mm-hmm. been tremendous. And I mean, I wouldn't be mad if Gwendolyn Christie rent, rent one either. I think she's had a, ver- be, a, a, a very, very good year. For yeah. some reason, I love Sophie Turner. I think she has the least chance just because, I don't know, she, 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 she didn't have like a flashy performance like the other three did. She didn't, but my I feel like Sophie Turner is going to win the Emmys. She's not going to win a Emmy, mm-hmm. but she's going to be the talk of Twitter because she's going to be there with Joe, with <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe Jonas, Jonas yeah. and she's going to be on the red carpet. She's probably going to have with a fantastic crew. dress. Her jewel, she's gonna have her jewel on the, uh, I the red carpet. I, I like. She's this. gonna win the pop cultureness of the Emmys. <laughs> I don't think she's gonna win an actual Emmy. Every single one of them is presenting, by the way. All these actresses who are nominated are presenting. That'll be fun. Yeah. I don't know if that's a group or like individually or what mm-hmm. or in pairs, but they're gonna do it. It should be. It should be a really Game of Thrones tastic night. It should be. Uh, I'm trying to see who in the chat is giving us their Emmy predictions. Yeah, if you have any predictions, um, let us know. Julie Davies says. Uh, Game of Thrones has to win a few at least. Oh, it'll win a few at least. Um, it's got to win best drama. I mean, I think you'll probably win best directing. Uh, Jacqueline. I can think so. Jacqueline says yes to Amelia Clark. She agrees yes, with us there. in general, yeah. Also, Leif Underhill had some problem watching the show, so he's going to rewatch it when it's re-uploaded. That's dedication because the, the stream you, wasn't working. So shout out to Leif. Oh, it wasn't? <laughs> shout out to Leif Underhill. Anyway, that is... The Emmys. And the, the yeah, it's, it's exciting. It should be a good time. You'll be here live, right? Yes, we'll be live. Doing some kind of thing. With entertainment uh, editorial director, Shay Corrigan. We'll be live on Wick. We'll be live on Wick. Oh, are we live on Wick? You will? Yeah, we will. I'll look at Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones is going to win all of the Emmys. Be live on everything. It'll win a bunch. I'm I looking think so. forward to it. I, I, I think so. I definitely think too, writing and directing. 
I mean, directing, I think, it is, is a lock. I had down... Okay, so which one then? Because I had down... Where are my notes? Probably The Long Night. That's what I had. That was the one where everybody complained about what they couldn't see. Yes. Which, I mean, I think was valid, but I think... It was, but it's... it's the, the battle episodes of Game of Thrones are so fantastically well done. Yeah, they're really And right. I feel like that was a nice chef's kiss into the night. Or none of this wins, and even the categories that are stacked will just go to other people. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty funny. That would be devastating. That'd be pretty hilarious. I do. I did have, for writing, I put Succession was going to win, because I think that Game of Thrones is going to win a lot. I agree but... with you. I don't think they'll win for writing. I think Succession does make more sense. The Iron Throne is the episode that they that's nominated the to. the series finale, and that's the last one. I don't think that that was... I mean, but again, it's this question of like at the Emmys at the end of the day, like, what are you rewarding really? Mm -hmm. Like, are you rewarding actually the best whatever or are you rewarding the show for its contributions to, you know, television? Right. Which is, again, to wrap that up, my point about Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Breaking mm -hmm. Bad cleaned sure, up because true. that was like a thank you for basically confirming the whole Sopranos anti-hero thing or like mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. the most important golden age television show Breaking Bad, outside of Game of Thrones. But like, that is like the textbook. It's a drama. It's on AMC. Right. It's not on AMC. network cable. It was like perfect storm. Whereas the Sopranos won drama and it won writing and directing, which are two very fair categories sure, that, to be like, you fair. did this very, very well your entire run. So I think Game of Thrones will win drama. Yes. I think it'll probably win directing. Yes. I predict at least... Two actors will win. I don't know which ones exactly. The only categories I don't think it's going to win are writing, writing, and best actor. I, okay. I think it wins all of the other I think major right. categories. Okay. Any other thoughts on the Emmys before we move on? No, I'm just, I'm excited. I am too. This, this is I've, I've been I haven't been excited for an Emmys in a while. Mm -hmm. This actually has some interesting stuff in it. Some stakes. Look, there's a ton of news today. I'm going to go through really really fast and mm -hmm. highlights. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg, Nelson Nassarsgaard are going to be uh, Mother Abigail and Reynolds Flag in the Stand. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, His Dark Materials, married on November 4th, HBO. I'm going to hey watch yeah. that. I love it. I love those books. Uh, Showtime just passed on the King Killer Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Apple TV Plus interested? Maybe. I don't know. Warner Brothers. Funko Pop movie. Long overdue. Excuse me. What? Funko, A Funko Pop, Pop movie, movie yeah. is happening? It's from the Funko who did the Lego movie. <laughs> you know, I'm shocked I, it well. hasn't already happened. Look, if we have an Angry Birds movie and an Emoji, emoji movie, movie, Lego like, movie, come on, the Lego movie was actually really good. The Lego movie are making fuck pop movie. Lego, okay, the Lego movie people. So I'm into it, unless they get fired for like they did on Solo. Yes. Um, Amazon making Lord of the Rings series in New Zealand, of course, because they got to, mm -hmm. and Amazon's Wheel of Time show begins production with this lovely cast. Now, they're really gunning to be like the next Game of Thrones. Like, they're, it's a huge freaking book series, like 14 books of like fantasy nonsense. And uh, they're gonna try to just like plug that hole in a big way. We'll see what happens. I do like Rosamund Pike. Me too. Yes, she is an excellent Emmy, I'm sorry, Oscar nominee. She was chilling in that movie I saw her in where she was a conniving wife. She was the Gone Girl. She was the Gone Girl. She yeah, was also okay. a Bond girl. Which one? Uh, die another day. Was she really? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, maybe it's just because I'm a James Bond nerd. You but clearly like, are. I didn't think about that. When Gone Girl came out and she's getting nominated, I'm like, oh, she was a Bond girl. Because everybody's like, oh, yeah, she burst on the scene in like 2006. It's like, no, 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 no. She was a sword-wielding badass in Die Another Day. And she got into a fight on a plane that was crashing from heat from the sun because of some huge yeah, diamond thing. She was that. fighting Halle Berry. She got into a plane fight with Halle Berry. She lost, but 
I Spoiler recall alert. thinking Die Another Day so, sucked. There you go. What it I did. saw it back in the good. day. It was not good. <laughs> that song. Yep, that? yep. James Bond surfed. 60-year-old Pierce Brosnan Remember was surfing. Remember that song was awful. Oh, Madonna did the yeah, song. Yeah, it was not a good one. It was tough. Rosamund Pike, though. She was good in that. She was good, good in Gone her. Girl. She'll be good in the Great. series. And those so. are the quick highlights of other things that aren't Game of Thrones news. Who the hell cares? Okay. <laughs> now. This is everybody's <laughs> favorite segment. <laughs> Which one? The other stuff? No. I mean, there was a lot of stuff to cover this week. Okay, I had to go through it quick. All right, and now that we've got some of the news out of the way, let's venture in to and settle down a bit. We're very excited about A Song of Dan and Josh, the show where myself and Josh uh, walk through each and every chapter of George R. R. Martin's as-yet-unfinished fantasy magnum opus. We are currently reading A Clash of Kings, we're about a third through, and a little over a third, and uh, two-fifths. And today we are talking about, I gotta get it right. Well, here, I'll do the math. No, today we are talking about John 3, the third Jon Snow chapter. Okay. I'm trying to come mm-hmm. down from the first manic part of I feel of like if somebody's like listening to this on the podcast, they think they accidentally like switched it to like... NPR. 1.4 slower or whatever it is. You can adjust <laughs> the speed. I'm... I was very manic the entire first half of the show. I'm trying to come down a bit. By the way, yes, we are available. It's new on podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, if you want to listen to us and get freaked out with us and excited during your commute. Okay. So what happened in this chapter? Um, lots of stuff happened. We had, eh. well, not a lot happened, but there was a lot of context. We got more references to the uh, White Walkers. We did. I, it also made me think of the scene in the show where the baby gets turned into a white walker because we're referencing that referencing that that is the baby yeah we're referencing like the babies that are going to go to the cold gods i think that they were called the cold gods or something like uh, that gilly calls them the cold gods the ones in the night the white shadows that's excellent wasn't wasn't scottish but that's my gilly impression i know it was gilly and and also hello gilly we have gilly in this chapter and craster so Mm -hmm. So basically so this is john he's still beyond the wall he's keep craster's keep which i wanted to read the description because i I like the script of craster's keep they had so okay this is john beyond the wall they're going to find uh what's just what the hell is up beyond the wall why are all the wild things disappearing why are people disappearing why are they vanishing and they're hitting up craster who is a uh daughter marrying incest loving son sacrificing weirdo yeah some weird like charles manson vibes minus yeah minus the murder i mean it was definitely like a hippie Manson vibes like if like his family had no choice yeah well yeah because it was like that hippie commune kind of like i mean we kind of like this John had never thought to find a stone castle on the far side of the wall, but he had pictured some sort of Mott and Bailey with a wooden palisade on a timber tower keep. What they found instead was a midden heap, a pigsty, an empty sheepfold, and a windowless daub and waddle hall scarce worthy of the name. It was long and low, chinked together from logs and roofed with sod. The compound stood atop a rise too modest to name a hill, surrounded by an earthen dike. Brown rivulets flowed down the slope where the rain had eaten gaping holes in the defenses to join a rushing brook that curved around to the north. Its thick waters turned into a murky torrent by the rains. This place sucks. Yeah. This place. I'm not going there on vacation, that's for sure. The door to Craster's Keep was made of two flaps of deer hide. This place sucks. Mm-hmm. This, this is just, you know, it's 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 a, it's like Leatherface's house. Yeah. If the, if the family, like, lived in a snowy place rather than... Where do they live? I don't know, the south somewhere. This is Texas or something like that? Yeah, I never actually said it. Somewhere. Uh, anyway, it sucks. Yeah, and big time. 
they're here to talk to Craster, who mm-hmm. is this, he's a wildling, but he doesn't live like a, like, wildlings kind of, you know, they're free spirits. They just go wherever. Mm-hmm. But Craster, like, has a house. It's yeah. a crappy house, but he has one. And uh, like you said, he, he, yeah, it's kind of a Charles Manson thing where he's just, uh, he's living here with all his his daughters who he also marries. Mm-hmm. And they're all just very dysfunctional and bad. So why are they going here in the first place? Why do we want this guy's advice? I don't want this guy's advice. I was creepy. But why do uh, the old bear, why does Lord Commander Mormont, why do the Night's Watch want him? Well, we're talking about the wildings in this chapter too. So it's all about going north of the wall. <laughs> yes. That's how you're doing that. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, okay, so, so they want to go there because they, they need this guy, as bad as he is. And he is bad. Like, I think it's kind of almost weird how little the Night's Watchmen don't comment on how bizarre he is. Like, the, John asks, like, how many wives Crestor have? And the one guy's like, more than you ever will, brother. Well, it's not so hard when you breed your own, which is like a really flippant way to say he marries his daughters. Um, I know, it's gross. But the point is, like, he is their, he's their recon guy. Yeah. Like, he's their guy in enemy territory who mm-hmm. knows what's going down. Yeah. Like, he knows things that it, they do not know. They are not wildlings. They are not native. No. They need somebody who knows this place. They want to find out where all the wildlings are going, what mm-hmm. this king beyond the wall is doing. I mean, you know, it, it's it, it's sort of like if, if U.S. intelligence, like, if you're, like, a white guy, you can't, like, walk into, you know a hostile Middle Eastern country, like Iran, mm-hmm. just go like, hey, you want to be intelligence on you? Like, yeah. It's not going to work. No, it, it did remind me of like, you know, drug cartels or kind of getting your inside man and, yeah. you know, you're down, you're man in Juarez or something like that, where it's like, you're kind of playing both sides. Where it's not, you're not in with this guy. You don't want to associate with this yeah, guy, he's but nasty. he's giving you the, the information that you need, so... Yeah, uh, when they're going away later, I think uh, Lord Commander Marmont just tells John, uh, it would be an ill day for us if Craster died. Your uncle could tell you of the times Craster's keep made the difference between life and death for our rangers. So basically, they need this guy because he is like an actual place they can, uh, I don't know what they call, um, take refuge beyond the wall, mm-hmm. where it's very, very harsh and very, very scary, yeah. and it's full of zombies and one that's going to kill them. Yes. So as bad as he is, they do kind of need him. Yes. Julie says she would give it a one star rating, <laughs> which is accurate. If they could do less, uh, I would. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. They offer to take Craster south of the wall. Mm-hmm. They're like, dude, things are getting weird here. People are disappearing. Why mm-hmm. do you come south of us? He actually refuses. Yeah. He's Why? like, I like it weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he does. Essentially. Is that the reason why he refuses him? He likes it weird. That's that's the reason I interpreted. I was like, this dude's just, he's in his little hippie commune. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's part of like, you know, how, how, how folk get dug in. Yeah. Like, even if he's in a bad situation, if, at least he kind of controls his own little crappy corner of the sky. Yeah. Like, you know, this is awful. I live in a, a mud heap mm-hmm. uh, in where there's no civilization. And I've got a whole of pigs, but it's it's mine. I'm a godly man, and the gods keep me safe. If whites come walking, I'll know how to send them back to their graves. Though I could use me a sharp new axe. Like, he's bargaining for to give for them to give them an axe. Mm-hmm. Like, they're talking about, so, zombie apocalypse is coming, huh? And he's like, I could tell you if you give me some wine. And like, <laughs> where are your priorities, man? Which part of that, of course, is that, talk about, like, playing both sides. He's kind of a wildling, so he knows them. He's kind of a Night's Watchman because he actually, like, hosts Night's Watchman in his yeah. place. But Wildlings don't usually do that. And he's kind of also in league with the damn White Walkers. Yeah, he's 
kind of the middleman everywhere. I was imagining in this chapter, you know, uh, in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Terry oh, Gilliam's character, who's like, you have to answer the questions across the bridge. Mm-hmm. I was picturing that guy as this guy. Yeah. I was like, that, that. that adds up, just blind stupid old guys but he's like <laughs> he knows everything because it is it's like his little patch of land where he's the king of the crap heap like yeah. it but might at least be he's much king. but he is the guy that the wildlings go to that the night's watch go to he's in with the kind of in with like the white walkers like nobody can be in with them but like he's not like afraid I mean, he has like a bit of a, a weird connection I mean, well, what's implied is that he has like an agreement with them i learned recently what's been called the iron law of institutions you ever heard of this thing i didn't know it's we're gonna get sociological on me for a second it's the idea <laughs> that once you're in a power structure um your main goal like you, you may have gone in like with an intention to oh, i'm going to use this to better the world yada 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 mm-hmm. but once you're in your goal becomes maintain where you are yeah so once he's in i mean maybe he could do better for himself if he went south and took his wife south but he's in you're in a structure you're not giving up what you have like that's just the way the human brain works in sometimes um, I'll come back to you next week with more of my sociological research. Anyway, with the White Walker stuff, um, so we learn basically that Gilly comes to John in the morning. Yes. Which, by the way, another really, really pretty passage I want to read because I liked it. Do it. When John wakes up um, and he looks around, and you know, it's so gross and disgusting, midden heap and the pig's eye, whatever. John says, uh, he wakes up in the morning and says, like, things are kind of pretty in the morning mm-hmm. with the frost is there. Every blade of grass was carved from emerald, every drip of water turned to diamond. Flowers and mushrooms alike wore coats of glass. Even the mud puddles had a bright brown sheen. Through the shimmering greenery, the black tents of his brothers were encased in a fine glaze of ice. What a nice little uh, kind of contemplative, silent, quiet morning moment where you see the beauty of this place a mud amid all this uh, crap. It's the little things. It's the little It's things. the small moments that count. I think it's a very nice moment. It is. It's actually a very good moment. Yeah, they, they, you know, give him a little bit of a, bit of a reprieve. And then Gilly comes and, like, begs me with him because Crash is going to k- sacrifice my son to evil dark mm-hmm. gods. So, you know. The cold gods. It ends. Yeah. But, yeah, basically, Gilly comes to John and is like, you know, the fat one told me that you uh, were brother to a king and you could um, take me with you. And he's like, oh, Sam, what are you doing to me? And, um, you know, basically, she wants him to take her with them because mm-hmm. she is pregnant and it's a son, according to, you know, the wife who knows these things. And she says, you know, if it's a girl, that's not so bad. She'll grow a few years and he'll marry her. But Nell says it's a boy. She's at six and knows these things. He gives the boys to the gods, the cold gods, the ones of the night, the white shadows. So the implication is he's given his sons to the White Walkers mm-hmm. to go return to the White Walkers himself or something, mm-hmm. which is how he's sort of in with the White Walkers, how he's playing three different sides of this thing. Yeah. The Wildlings, the Night Watch, and the White Walkers. He gets around this dude. Yeah. So, Gilly, um, I guess questions are, what the hell, Sam? Like, <laughs> sh- should he have offered this? We don't see Sam offering this, but I imagine he, like, just saw her in a... Like, she gave him one glance and one smile. He was like, I'll take you with us, um, is, is what I picture happening. Um, should he have offered, is John right to refuse, just what 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 do you do? Because, again, Craster says, don't touch my wives. I will mm-hmm. kill you. Like, you're not supposed to do this. And remember, they need Craster. They need him on their yeah. side, however horrible he is. Mm-hmm. But Gilly is, you know, pregnant and desperate and afraid, mm-hmm. and her son's going to be sacrificed. What do you do? John... John says no. His yeah. attack is, look, I can't. I'm sorry. My boss told me no. 
I, I mean, I, I'm with John on this one because, mm-hmm. like, what is he going to do? He's kind of playing by the rules. <laughs> he's, right. He has to refuse. Um, and I get it because he's not yet quite in his rebellious, you know, I, mean, I figured he's not a leader. Type like, of thing. He no, he's not. He has people over him. Yeah. So he's got to do this. I don't necessarily know that he wants to do it. He knows that he has to. Oh, do it. he says, like, uh, Sam's heart was as big as the rest of him. Fat joke. But for all this reading, he could be as thick as granite times. It was impossible and dishonorable besides. So why do I feel so ashamed? That's what he was thinking. That's good. Yeah. Right? That's pretty good. That was real good. Yeah. Emmys. Emmys. There it goes. No, and I also think that John, I think he's practical and understands, like, what are we going to do with this? Like, we have we have a mission. We are. We have to go where we're yes. going and do what we're doing. Why are we going to add to this with somebody who can't help, who is going to end up being probably a burden and is going to either get killed or get people killed because we're trying to keep them alive. Yeah, like, and also, if you take them, then you alienate the person you need to shelter you when things get really And then bad. there's that. Yeah. So there's so many moving parts here that aren't that hard to avoid. Mm-hmm. And John is able to do it because he's like, it's the, it's the anti-Ned thing where Ned is like, if or uh, Ed. Ned. 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 His name's Ned. Eddard. Edward, yes. Ed, Ned. Mr. Stark. Mr. Stark. Um, he probably would have done the honorable thing and tried to find a way to make everybody happy and do the right thing, which would be, yes, we're going to protect the women and the children. But John is able to kind of move away from that and not do that, even though it's in his heart and his soul, he knows what is right isn't always necessarily the thing that you should do. Whereas Ned is literally got killed because he couldn't determine. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think it's, there's also a thing. I, I, I'm not sure Ned would have done it. Well, then again, no, he probably would have. Like, I think so. John even brings up to um, his boss, Dora Mormon, like he's like, my father said, and Mormon's like, what did he say? And I, I don't know, the, I didn't write down the quote, but he said something like, um, he said that some Bannermen aren't worth having, basically mm-hmm. saying that, look, Craster is uh, is uh, jackweed, and we, we're better off not having him. And that's when Lord Mormon comes back with, I mean, yes, it'd be bad. It, it, he, he's the world's better off with him dead, but the Night's Watch would suffer for it. We mm. need him as bad as he is. And he says, "Your heart is noble, John, but learn a lesson here. We cannot set the world to rights. That that is not our purpose. Mm-hmm. The Night's Watch has other wars to fight." So the idea being, like, I mean, yeah, you um, it'd be nice to be able to snap your fingers and solve the injustice of the world. But sometimes, according to this little view, the best you can do is to try and affect the change you can within the rules that are set up for you. I think it also has something to do with with institutions. The Night's Watch Mm -hmm. would like to... And I also like that that Jerry Mormont does say, like, look, like, if I were his wives... There are 19 of him, 19 of them, one of Craster, I would just kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'd be fine with that, but I'm not going to help him do it because that's not my place. Like, it's not, we need him. And if mm-hmm. they kill him and I come back here and he's dead, you know, we'll live with it. it sucks but, to um, suck, but. <laughs> what's that? It sucks to suck, but essentially. <laughs> it sucks to suck, yes. So, um, it is a needle to thread. It is. And uh, the analogy I was thinking of was what this guy is is like um when the fbi has one of like the mob guys like jack nicholson's character Mm. in the departed sure where he's like he never ever ever goes to prison because he's he's a rat he's thinking yeah so he's an informant so that's essentially what this guy is yeah exactly he is totally that 
And yeah, another uh, morally gray character in A Song of Ice and Fire. Jen Casey says, you pick your battles. You pick your battles. You pick your battles. Excellent, Jen Casey. Also, Leaf Underhill says she's never heard of the Iron Law of Institutions before. I read... I don't, so that's I new for her. I, I th- it's like in like a Wikipedia hole. It's new for me, too. Sometime, so. wi- sometime I'm like... I'm pretty sure I phrased it wrong. Uh, maybe I'll get a definition next week. That's about all I had this week. Um, I like Dolores Ed, who's like this... Yes. Who, who is in the show... I do remember but, Dolores. Ed. Yeah, he he's around. He mm-hmm. dies in the Battle of Winterfell, but uh, he's here, and I, I liked it. Like Martin gives him all, all these like sarcastic lines. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that the drain stopped the instant I the roof I the roof above me? It will start again now that I'm back out. Gods and dogs alike delight to piss on me. He's all he's like dry guy like that. Mm-hmm. I also like the bit where Sam was about to call Craster a bastard, but then stops <laughs> because he's with John. He's like, do you want to make it awkward? <laughs> yeah. And John's like, you can say it, Sam. I, mm-hmm. I know what a bastard is. It's fine. <laughs> Which <laughs> oh, is a Sam. cute moment. Oh, Sam. Just, Sam, Sam, Sam. Why did he offer to take Gilly with them? Mm. Who knows? Who's to say? Us. We're experts. We're analyzing <laughs> this. <laughs> Who's to say, Dan? It's open to interpretation. Okay. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's a song of ice and fire. All songs, music. It's open to uh, whatever you want it to be. <laughs> All right. Well, we, 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 we can think about uh, how to approach things uh, next week when we'll be doing Theon 2. And uh, we will see you back here uh, next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time at the Winners Committee Facebook page to watch us live. We'll be doing more news, recapping the Emmys. We'll see who wins. I'll be curious to see about that. Whatever else comes up, maybe some non-Game of Thrones stuff if we don't get crowded out. More Saga Dan and Josh. And if you want to catch us on... Uh, podcast form or an iTunes Google Play. Thanks a lot for watching, you guys, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.